Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the D1T in 5 for Thursday, September 30th. I'm Aaron Matus. A lot of reactions and responses to the NLRB memo, including one from the NCAA. With college sports embedded within the higher education experience, we firmly believe that college athletes are students who compete against other students, not employees who compete against other employees. Like other students on a college or university campus who receive scholarships, those who participate in college sports are students. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey simply wants an answer. Recent court decisions have reached conclusions contrary to Wednesday's memorandum, with Ninth and Seventh Circuit courts both holding that student-athletes are not employees, said Sankey. Considering the resulting uncertainty and to address the many other challenges facing college athletics, we hope that Congress will step in and provide clear and uniform legal standards consistent with recent court decisions. Former Minnesota Regent Michael Sue, who sits on the Volunteer Advisory Board of the College Football Players Association. In general, I'd say we're in the red zone, finally. This is kind of the spark we needed to let the players know they really do have rights and they should be thinking about them. It's basically a land grab at this point, starting today. It'll be a big fight. Who's going to be the union to represent the first school because it's a potential expansion of market for them? Lead One CEO Tom McMillan. Today is just one step in a long National Labor Relations Board process, but it's indicative of the body politics shifting. There are a lot of ramifications to this that have to be sorted out, but it fundamentally alters the landscape of college sports if it goes to an employee model. Hopefully, there's a step short of that that can be compromised. Nothing is going to happen immediately, says huge Blackwell attorney Jason Montgomery, but clearly the political winds have blown back in the direction of the athlete. An unnamed private university athletic director says this decision isn't necessarily good news for student-athletes. Taxation, insurance, loss of Pell Grant, which are funds provided to students with extreme financial need, and employee discipline, including termination, come with an employer-employee relationship. NCAA President Mark Emmert plans to tell U.S. lawmakers that the patchwork of state laws governing NIL has created an unequal playing field and further supports his argument that there needs to be federal legislation on the issue, according to Law 360. In written testimony made public, Emmert urges the House Subcommittee on Consumer Protection and Commerce to pass a federal law establishing uniform standards for all NIL deals. Eastern Illinois Athletic Director Tom Michael on his department's positioning with movement around the OVC. For us, we continue to strongly believe and feel that the Ohio Valley Conference is the best place for us. I think there's a real need and desire for us to figure something out with the football piece, something in regards to the scheduling side of things. That's the only sport that is scheduling things six or seven years out, and when you all of a sudden have holes in your schedule, you're not able to fill that. That's why we're playing Murray State twice this year, because when EKU and Jacksonville State left, that left some holes. Big Sky Commissioner Tom Wisterstill discusses the importance of playing the league's first regular season game on ESPN2. The original plan was to have this game on ESPNU, and they reached out to me and said, hey, we have an idea for this game. Tell us what you think, and it took me all of two seconds to say yes. Some people ask me if I was worried about having such a late kickoff time for the game, but every bar in America is going to have this game on their TVs because of that red turf. 
People will watch it and say, what the heck is that? And it's going to get fans excited. Wister still hopes the matchup and the atmosphere will convince ESPN to air more FCS games in the future. That's certainly our hope. FCS is still D1. I've always believed that some of our top tier FCS programs are no different than some of those G5 schools out there. I've been a commissioner at the D2 level and an AD at that G5 level and these FCS teams have proven that they can compete. Division II commissioners Chris Colvin, Patrick Britz, Mitch Cox, Robert Dranoff, Chris Graham, Bob Hogue, Steve Murray, and Jim Namovich pen a letter to NCAA Constitution Committee Chair Robert Gates offering integral items from which they believe the NCAA should not waver. They include ensuring that the graduation of all student-athletes should be the goal in determining all legislation managing initial and continuing eligibility. Safety regulations and playing rules development should continue to be an NCAA-led endeavor. National championship access, opportunities, experiences, and recognition should be paramount for the NCAA regardless of division, gender, or sport notoriety. Additionally, they write that a more nimble governance process for Division II be adopted to permit its leadership councils greater autonomy in decision-making. This and more in your D1 ticker email. I'm Aaron Matus, and this has been the morning edition of your D1T in 5 for Thursday, September 30th, We'll update again this evening.